All right. Uh, we'll get started. Good to see this uh, number. Not many seats. That's, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. Thank you for coming. Uh, John Banks, uh, I don't see John this morning, but I certainly want to thank John for um, filling in for me the last two weeks. And uh, I heard he did a really, really good job, and I'm not surprised. Uh, with John, he's a very smart young man, and we appreciate uh, John and Reagan and his family. And <clears throat> I think being able to go back and look at the first 12 chapters kind of brings us up to 13, and we understand why God put 13 where he did. The Corinthians uh, needed that. Man, that was a messed up church, wasn't it? Um, so we appreciate all that. We, we were going down the road a couple weeks ago in our trek back to the homeland and uh, Kentucky and renewed our citizenship and got our passport stamped and all that. We have to do that occasionally or they won't let you come back. I got a, a, an email from our friends in Qatar, uh, members of the church there in Qatar, who uh, um, Tim and Claudia, and really do appreciate them. And they, they, they're always on our website. They're always looking uh, at our sermons and also at this class. And they said, could you send uh, the information um, electronically uh, of the class? And uh, I sure do appreciate that. And if you're looking now, we, we will get that to you uh, this week uh, to Tim and Cloudy. It's not easy being a Christian in Qatar in the Middle East, I can tell you. Spent about three weeks there, and uh, it's not easy. It's not easy anywhere. I think we're all, we all see that, but in, in, uh, in Qatar it's certainly, or Qatar, however you want to say that, is not. Um, I'm sure you've looked at your, uh, gone over your notes, but you're on death row. And the warden comes to you and says, you know, get your last meal and and all of that, and you're done. There's no hope. Uh, all your appeals have been um, uh, exhausted, and you, you're going to be executed in the morning. And the next morning comes, and you're there, and there's the phone where the, they're waiting for a phone call from the, the governor or the president, and it doesn't come. They get ready to, to, to strap you in, and then the phone rings, and it's the president. And he wants to talk to you. So you, you talk to him, and, and um, uh, he asks uh, about you and what, what all that you've done, and, and, uh, and then you realize that, that there's not much hope, and he wants to speak to the warden. And the warden, you hear him going, yes, uh, yes, um, okay, yes. And he hangs the phone up and they take you out of death row. We were on spiritual death row. That's where we were. There was no hope for us. There was no hope for us. And God, through his only son, says that your sentence is commuted. It's commuted. That's, and it ties into the lesson we just heard about the love of God and, and, and His love for us and His mercy for us. There was nothing we could do, nothing we could do. There was no hope. And He, 
through His long-suffering, His forbearance, His grace, His mercy, and all those things, uh, commutes our uh, sentence. And I think it's probably a pretty good background for, for uh, as we get into the qualities, the actual qualities of love. Today, a love is patient. Now, some of your versions may say, love suffers long. Is that what you have in yours? Love suffers long. Do you have anything else? New King James says, love suffers long, love is patient. Um, patient, I was reading this about patience or long-suffering from W.E. Vine, who's a New Testament word scholar. Uh, devoted his whole life to learning the New Testament and what the words meant. This is one of the things that he said in the verb form. There's the, there's the noun form, then there's a the verb form. Long-suffering or patience. That quality of self-restraint in the face of provocation does not hastily retaliate or punish. It's the opposite of anger. It's associated with mercy. And it's used when it speaks of God. So, um, self-restraint in the face of provocation. It doesn't hastily retaliate. Uh, that's that's patient. It's from the Greek word uh, makrothumio. So you now know Greek <laughs> about as much as I know. Can you spell that? <laughs> yeah, M-A-K-R-O-T-H-U-M-E-O. Um, <clears throat> but the word patience and and uh, long suffering is used throughout the New Testament. Some are. I want to take just a minute to go over those. I think it's important. Some are, are in uh, the noun form, uh, some are in the, the verb form. There's even one or two places where it's in the adverb form. But uh, basically, uh, someone turn, if you would, I want you to read it. Male, female, it doesn't matter. Uh, Romans 2 and verse 7. Romans 2 and verse 7. We'll take just a minute go over this. Romans 2 and verse 7. Mikey. Eternal life to those who by patient countenance in doing good, seek for glory, honor, and immortality. Okay, the word patience there, what's the connotation of the word patience there? Uh, would you say perseverance? Perseverance. Yeah. Yeah, perseverance. As Christians, yeah, to strive, to be, to persevere, to be persistent, we might say. So in, in, that, in that form, uh, the word uh, patient or or long-suffering, it's dealing with more of our life that we, the, the race that we're running as a Christian, to be long-suffering, to be persistent, and, and be uh, uh, persevere. Now that word does mean that. That's another Greek word, uh, which I won't get into. But anyway, someone turned to James. I'm sorry. That I, I like that patience in well-doing. Uh, you know, we sometimes we think, well, we've done this good deed, and so we don't have to do anything else. But we we need to have patience in well doing, perseverance in well doing. We do. We we have. That's a good point. A very good point. Some James one and verse four. James one and verse four. And, and the word patience is used several times in James one, but I certainly want to look at at, at, at verse four there. And tell me the the facet or the inflection of how the word is used there. And then we're going to get into what it means in 1 Corinthians 13. Um, someone read James 1 and verse 4. 
let steadfastness have its full effect so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Okay. Um, look, look at James 1, I think it's verse 7. I don't have this written down, but I, I think that was one I was looking for as well. In addition to that, um, no, that's not it. Um, Verse 3 extends. Okay, do that one, Chad. That may be the one I was thinking about. For you about. know that the testing of ah, your faith produces steadfastness. There, there you go. Okay, in that case, uh, it's not talking about slow to boil there or, or uh, um, uh, not being pr easily provoked. It's talking about, what do you think that means, Chad? It means uh, bearing up under strength. Yeah, yeah. And what does that produce? Patience. Or, Patience. Uh, yeah. Patience or long-suffering. And... That it produce your faith produces that. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. So the testing. You mean to say that our faith is tested in this world, in this life? You think? Uh, it absolutely is. And if we can get through it, and we can, then what does that give us? Patience, perseverance, long suffering, endurance. Can that be maybe substitute there endurance? Uh, you know, you heard people say, "Well, uh, being a Christian is the, it's a race." Yes, is it a hundred yard dash? I'm showing my age now. Now it's what a hundred meters and all that nonsense. Is it is it a dash? What is it? It's a marathon. Yeah, and yeah, and, and what 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 can happen in a marathon? Do you get tired in a marathon? Yes. Sometimes do you, do you fall down in a marathon? I've seen that happen. What do you do? You get back up. Um, you know, so it makes you tired. You, you, have to be, you have to persevere through that. You have to persevere through that. Um, now, the word here is a different word. When it says in verse, um, someone turn to 1 Corinthians 13 and read verse uh, 4. Love suffers what? Long. Love suffers long and is kind. Did, did, you, did you find it interesting? I did. God doesn't just do things haphazardly. It's not His nature. Out of this long list of things here, what's first? Patience. I'm not sure I would have put that first. Probably because I struggle with that sometimes. I'd probably put that last to try to slip it you know, under the door. God put it first. Love suffers long. When we go into all of these not easily provoked and is kind and, and all of those things, I just found it interesting that, that He put that first. Love suffers long. Uh, that macrothumio, um, it literally means uh, to slow to boil. Now, some of us can't boil water very well. I'm one of those. But we all know what it means to boil water, don't we? Slow to boil. Slow to boil. That's what this means here. Now, now put that in, 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 our, lang in our everyday language. Um, our patient, our, 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 we're to be slow to boil. Practical application. Now, we're going to get into... Some, some ramifications of all that toward the end of the class. But for now, what do you think that means? Slow to boil. It takes you a long time to get aggravated or really mad. Okay. okay. 
I like that, just like the pot boiling water. Um, th th there's a thing called a jet boil that we use when we uh, camp. You can take ice cold water and you can have that boiling water in 60 seconds. God said, don't be a jet boil. <laughs> don't be a jet boil. It's awfully handy when we're camping, right, Elliot? But it's not a good quality as a Christian. Don't be a uh, Jason. I just say, I, one of the reasons why I think it's first to tie in with to not boil, not to be quickly provoked, is if you are patient, you'll be more kind because you have more time to think about what you're going to say. If you're patient, you're going to be less jealous because you're going to understand your blessings. If you're patient, you're going to sit back and, and realize bragging is ugly. If you just go down the list, if you're patient and you're less knee-jerk reactionary and to boil, all these other ones are going to be easier to maintain. Have these brethren that John's just been talking about, the first 12 chapters, slow to boil? Or jet boil. I'd say they're more jet boiling. They were. They didn't get along with one another. We have to be really, really careful with that. But and, I, and I'm gonna. We're gonna turn over to Proverbs in a minute. We're gonna. There, there's a key, an absolute key, to patience and its understanding. We're gonna look at a couple of verses there. And we're gonna see the connection between patience and understanding and why we're impatient sometimes and all of that. We'll get to that in a little bit. Um, could God have been angry and impatient with us? He could have been. We would have been. We were hopeless without His love and His, his slow to na uh, boil nature and all of that. Uh, do we, anybody ever broken a promise besides me? Sure. Uh, we break promises sometimes. We try not to, but sometimes it happens. Anybody ever thrown a temper tantrum? Besides me. <laughs> you try not to, but we do sometimes. Um, did you thank God for the sunrise this morning? Did you thank Him for the beautiful sunsets this last week that I saw on Facebook in Arizona? Do we think? Maybe we don't as much as we should. Um, he could have given up on us and said, that's it for you. That's it. That's it. I'm pulling the plug. You're done. He could have. And this Max Lucado, and I, and I wrote this down because I really like it. If broken promises were lumber, we could build a subdivision. Isn't that true? Isn't that true? God has every right to walk out on us. He did. And does. Did He? Does He? Will He? No, He won't. He will not. He will not. Someone turn to 2 Peter 3 and verse 9. 2 Peter 3 and verse 9. And when you get there, just go ahead and read. The Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Why is He patient and long-suffering with us, Tom? He doesn't want us to perish. That's right. That's right. 
He doesn't want anybody to lose their soul. Will they? Will the majority, according to Matthew 7, unfortunately they will. <coughs> but it won't be God's fault. No one can stand on, on, on your judgment day and say, well, you know that it's your fault because I... No, no, no. No. He's long-suffering. He doesn't want any of us um, to, to perish. Now, here's the question, or one of the questions. Is patience, does he, does he say to be naive? Is patience naive? It's not. Right? Uh, does Are we supposed to ignore bad behavior? Because, well, you know, Christians are patient, so we're to ignore bad behavior. Does it say to do that? It does not. It does not. Well, what, what causes a pot to boil? You know, I know you've already looked at this. I'm going to try not to spend too much time because you can read as well as I can. Um, what causes a pot to boil? Is it the size of the pot? Well, not really. It could be. It takes a little longer the bigger the pot, um, you know, from a physics. We all get that. But generally speaking, is it the size of the pot? Not really. Is it the size of the stove? Big stove, little stove, jet boil. That, that disproves that, doesn't it? Jet boil is about this big, and it goes from ice water to boiling water in 60 seconds. So it's not the size of the stove. Then what is it? The amount of heat or the size of the fire, and then also the longevity that the water has been over the fire. Okay. Both those things are true. It's the, but the intensity of the flame is very important, isn't it? Patience, slow to boil, keeps the flame down. Now, now here's a question. We go, well, yeah, I, I get that. But why do I still fly off the handle occasionally or do this or that? Patience waits. It ties in what you were saying and what you have was saying. Patience waits. Patience listens. Everybody be honest about it. Now, when we, when someone's talking to you and telling a story or, or, or telling about the, their dog or telling about their car, their house, you fill in the blank. What are we normally thinking? What are you doing? Would you finally <laughs> shut up already? <laughs> Why? Because I'm going to tell you about my dog and my car, and my house, and my, 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 don't, don't we do that? And we're looking at them, sometimes our body language betrays us. Mike, would you finish already? Sometimes, but we, we you know, we try to, try to be, but it's like, get that spotlight back over here where it belongs. Belongs on me. We all have a tendency to do that, do we not? We wait and we listen. What does James say about talking and listening and all of that? What, what does James say? James 3, I believe. Swift to hear, might be 2. Swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. Well, we got all those things, we just don't put them in that sequence. <laughs> 
slow to hear, swift to speak, swift to anger. Sometimes we can do that. We can do that. Don't do that. Patience, in, in 1 Corinthians 13, says slow to boil. And I'm going to get some more practical stuff as we get down toward the end of, uh, of page 8 here. But for now, wait and listen. It's hard to do. Hard for some of us to do. The reason, I already got all the answers. Why are you talking? I've got the answer. But, what? In a lot of those conflict resolutions that I've, I've done or mediations, mm-hmm. um, one of the things that I teach people is to slow down. And some people need to slow down for an entire minute. And so we'll sit in silence for a minute before they respond. Because a lot of it is that they're not listening to the other person. And so they're, in that moment, loving themselves way more than what the other person is saying or what they're feeling and as Christians you really really can't do that with each other. You can't be like, well my opinion matters more than yours and so I'm not going to listen to you. No, that's, 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 that's good. And Ryan mentioned this in his sermon this morning. Have you ever found yourself treating members of the world, people at work, better than you treat your own family? Have you ever done that? Are you more patient with people at work than you are with your own family? Sometimes it's true. Be fired at work. So we can force ourselves to be more patient. We do it at work. We have to, don't we? And but somehow though we get behind our doors or we get with our family, we figure the gloves come off. Why why is that? Not right. It's easier to do, but it doesn't make it right. Good, really good points there. I think it's because your family's always, they're going to love you. You know, uh, maybe, maybe they get, get mad at you and get over it, but your family's going to love you, so you can be mean to your family. We think. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, I don't yeah. mean no, I know, I know what really yeah. grouchy, maybe. Grouchy. You can't be grouchy at work. Well, I was thinking about this this morning. I'm not a coffee drinker. This stuff is repugnant. <laughs> and I'm the only one probably on the planet that doesn't like it. Just about. And I, and I was thinking, <clears throat> patience, is that B.C. or A.C.? Before coffee or after coffee? Some people who, who, who really, and I get mine from Diet Cokes and all that, so I'm not saying uh, caffeine or all that, but before coffee or after coffee. Sometimes we have to maybe have our coffee, calm down, think before we... Uh, maybe we have certain triggers. When you sense yourself beginning to get... Maybe you have a trigger. Maybe you, you, you pinch yourself or you bite your tongue or you uh, say a certain word. Uh, all these little... Uh, I'm going to use the word tricks, so to speak, that maybe, maybe we have to come up with those kinds of things to... To, 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 uh, to do that. Now, I want to look at Matthew 18. It's a very important parable here. Um, Jesus gives a parable about two debtors, people that owed him money, if you will. It's awfully long. I'm hoping you've already read that. Um, but does, does anyone want to paraphrase Matthew 18? 
verses 23 through 35. Par parable of two debtors. <coughs> I, I could just walk you through it. Two debtors. One owed, let's just say millions of dollars. Let's just say that. It, it probably was. Millions. And another debtor owed hundreds. So the person who owed a million millions of dollars, the landowner brought him in and said, um, pay up. What did the major debtor say? Uh, I don't have it. Ah, I don't have it. Be patient with me. The lesser debtor is going to use the same word. That's the only two times Jesus ever used that Greek word. Right here. It, to me, it's almost like a highlighter. That's Jesus' highlighter. Uh, underlined, bold, capitalization. The word here, he used them twice in all of his speakings. At least it's recorded. Be patient with me. Now, what did the... Uh, landowner, of course we're talking about uh, in the parable would be God. What did God say to him? What did he say to this guy who owed him millions? Forgave him. He forgave him. That's <clears throat> he forgave him. Where was he bound for? Prison. Prison. Uh, even in my younger days, uh, they used to have a thing, certainly my parents, but I remember them talking about they had a debtor's prison in the United States of America. Uh, if you couldn't pay, you went to the poorhouse. That's, that's what they called it. You, you, you've heard that term. Uh, the millennials going, dude, have you lost your mind? <laughs> what are you talking about? But that, that happened even in our country. Even in our country. And certainly then. And, and said the master forgave him. Forgave him this major debt. So what does this guy, surely, we're going to go back to the 747 principle here in a second. We're on our way. But i got to get this one first. So the major debt, the millions of dollars who the Lord, the landowner the, uh, forgave him, went to his guy and said, well, not, not only pay, what did he do? He grabbed him by the throat and choked him and said, Mike, you give me your $200 you owe me. And he couldn't do it. So what did he say? Put him in prison where he belongs. The landowner heard about that. Was he happy? He called him back in. And you, you could just almost see the exasperation in his face. Dude, what are you doing? In the common vernacular, what are you doing? I forgave you millions. I was patient with you. You did not do that with the guy who owed you a couple hundred bucks. You couldn't be patient with him. Now, now you're going to the debtor's prison until you pay every bit of it. Now, the 747 principle. What was the major debtor's problem? He forgave little because he did not evidently understand 
all that he was forgiven of. And, and that God forgave, in this case, and let's break it down to our level, God forgave us millions of dollars worth of, so to speak, uh, of sins. He forgave them. And he said, you, you can't forgive your brother or your sister for a whole lot less than the millions of dollars. You, you, he, what? And Ryan made an interesting point this morning, and there may be a whole lot of truth to that when he said that something that may keep some Christians out of heaven is their lack of love for the brothers and sisters. <laughs> that, that's not good. So, the, le- the set, oh, go ahead, Chad. Sorry. But one of the things that always impressed me about this is that he doesn't ask for complete forgiveness or mercy. That's right. He just says, bear with me, please give me time. And, and the master says, I wipe it all out. And it's like the least he could have done with the person who owed him is, okay, I'll give you patience. He doesn't even give him patience. He just he says no. And it, it would have been great had he been able to forgive it entirely. But that's a perfect parallel. God wiped our debt out. The least we can do is be patient. <laughs> the 747 principle. That, that's, that's 100% right. He, he didn't say, could, could you set me up on the payment plan? Uh, God, can you can you set me up on the payment plan? It'll take millions of years, but could you set? He didn't do that. God said, "It's forgiven. It's forgiven." You can't do that for Bob over here. You're gonna lose your soul over that. Ryan said this morning, "It's a big deal." Now, <coughs> did he really understand the gift he'd been given? Clearly not. He did not. He didn't, he, didn't, he didn't understand that. Do we clearly understand what God has done for us and His forgiveness and His patience with us? Sometimes we don't. If we did, what? 747 principle. <coughs> we would have no problem <clears throat> forgiving a brother or sister over some minor thing. Al. I think the scripture bears that out. He had this guy has zero clue because he thinks he can pay it back. This amount of money didn't even exist in all of Palestine. No. You think you can pay that back? You don't get it. <laughs> and I, and I, I think that that point goes to our sins. Like you think that you can pay that back, you, then you're not you're not getting it. Right. It's not sinking in. It's not sinking in. Once it sinks in. Once it sinks in, you'll be better with other people. 747 principle. In the context of patience and all the other things that we're going to do. Let me ask the question, and, and, and we'll, we'll be as honest as we possibly can here. Do we expect things from others that we do not expect of ourselves? Do we? see a lot of heads shaking. Isn't that true? I got a pretty high standard for you. <laughs> Not quite as much for myself. Well, aren't, you, aren't, aren't we noble? We have to look in the mirror on that one. Do we expect more from others than we do ourselves? Yeah. Yeah. 
No, ab absolutely. Now that's we're not going. We'll finish it up Wednesday night, but I'm going. I want to get to that. <laughs> I want to get to that. Um, let me let me find it here. I'm jumping a little bit ahead because I want to tease you just a little bit. Um, okay, Pro uh, someone real quickly. We got five minutes. Turn to Proverbs 24, 3. This is going to, now, we're going to bring this all home Wednesday night. We're going to bring this all home Wednesday night. But Proverbs 24 and verse 3, just read that. Well, before you get to that, someone turn to Proverbs 17, 27. Proverbs 17, 27. Proverbs 24, 3. It doesn't matter what order. Wherever you are is fine. By wisdom a house is built, and by understanding it is established. By wisdom a house is built, but by it's established by understanding. Okay, file that away in your brain housing group. Proverbs 17, 27. He who restrains his words has knowledge, and he who has a cool spirit is a man of understanding. Alright, think about this now. A first cousin to patience is understanding. We get understanding by just what? Jay, Jay, read that again, Jason. He who, uh, who, he who restrains his words has knowledge, and he who has a cool spirit is a man of understanding. Cool spirit. Slow to boil. Sound similar? We have to work on that. So, now Wednesday night... Go to, the, go to page 9 now and try to put all this together. And it's going to make a lot more sense, hopefully Wednesday night, uh, than maybe I, I've made it this morning. Um, in Galatians 5, the fruit of the Spirit. One of those words, the fruit of the Spirit is? And patience. It's, it's an attribute. It's a fruit of the Spirit. And then... Um, in Proverbs 14:29, I don't, I don't want to get any further than that right now. I'm going to relate one real quick story to you, and then we're, done, then we'll finish, and then we'll go back review. We'll finish up on page nine. We were, in, we were in Prague in the, in the Czech Republic about six or eight years ago when we were longer. Brock says maybe nine or ten. It could have been ten. I don't know. We were there, and it was on a Sunday morning, in a, in a town of one million people. There's a church there about 18 to 20, in the whole city. It's in a basement. You knock on the door, and you know you have to have the secret password. I don't know. It was it was quite the deal. We go down there, and they're going to the preacher's going to preach in Czech. We'll sing a song, and I think we sang our songs in Czech and some in some in English. And I hear this lady behind me talking. I was not what am I myself. I wasn't real slow to boil. And we're getting starting the service. I hear her talking, and I'm going. Would, would you stop already? No, to myself, you're, you're, you're distracting. You know what she was doing? She was interpreting. Now, my lack of understanding caused me to do what? Boil. Boil a little bit. The key, the key, the key to being slow to boil, to being patient, to being long-suffering is understanding. Don't we, and you hit it up, now we're going back to Teresa. 
They didn't speak to me. I'm done with those people. They didn't even speak to me. Maybe you didn't understand. Maybe they had a sore throat that day. Or maybe something happened in their family. Or maybe, you know, you can fill in the blank there. We Sometimes the only exercise we get, jumping to conclusions. <laughs> That's pretty. That's pretty good one. <laughs> I gotta say something. Said that. that was pretty good. Assuming. Assuming. We assume too assume. much, assume. don't we? Should we? The Bible is very clear on that too. The New Testament. We're to think the best of one another instead of what do we do sometimes? Mitch does this. Don't we think the worst of us of others sometimes? Until we understand, and then we're sorry. We're going, I didn't understand they were going through that at the time. Does that make sense? Austin? I'll be gone on Wednesday, so I'll get it in. I, I feel like sometimes being patient, it, it's not an all or nothing thing. I think there's sometimes we're abundantly patient, and in some areas we're, we're pretty quick to boil. If we can widen the gap between... What it, where, where it takes to boil, you know, we're better off. Yeah. It's the water boils at 212 degrees or whatever the number is. Sometimes in certain situations, I run at 200, where it don't take much to get me to, to 212. Yeah. Sometimes I run at zero or five, and it, you can't even make me mad. Um, so I think it's kind of, you mentioned the word triggers earlier. Yeah. Realizing where we tend to run at 200 and lower that down to 120, yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah. you know, or the, the, the delta there, we're not so quick to cross the point. Now, that's a real good point, and some of that could be before caffeine and after caffeine. <laughs> uh, some of that, you know, I, I don't work anymore, but uh, as far as uh, jobs for money, work, just don't get any paid for it. Um, when you come home, and I see Paul smiling a little bit too. When you work at a high-stress job, a high-pressure job, you come home, you wound up, wound up tight. And somehow or another, we, also, we, we, we've got to kind of, the best we can, kind of crank that back a, a notch or two before we get home. I never mind driving 30 minutes to work when we lived in Kansas City because it took me 30 minutes to go from 200 degrees down to about 120. You know, if you had a tough day at work, a high-stress job. Um, so we have to figure out ways to do that. I, I don't have the answer. Solomon's dead. Uh, I don't have his wisdom, but we've got to figure out a way to do that. We'll talk more about that Wednesday night. But how do we get from there to here, from, from, from 200 down to 120, so that we're not ready to boil at the drop of a hat? Be thinking about that because I want to ask you questions on Wednesday night. Practically, how are you going to do that? I don't have the answers. I, mean, I got some thoughts I got written down about. I don't have the answer. How can we do that to help us get through the week? Uh, so write those things down and, and bring them in Wednesday night. We'll talk about that. Or Sunday since we're singing on Wednesday. We are singing this Wednesday. I sing every Wednesday. <laughs> oh, thank, thank you, though. No, you're, you're right, Carol. So, you're right. We'll, we'll be back next Sunday to finish this up. But be thinking about it and write this down for the week. And you're right. Thank you for bringing that up. Oh, was that the second bell? Yes. Okay. Thank you all very much.